You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hello, everybody. Welcome to, I don't even know what episode, but another new episode of 2, 5, and 10. This one not as starting, not as fun, as exciting as some of our other episodes. Uh, this week we had the passing in an accident of Adam Johnson, former NHLer overseas. Benny, what up, baby? I'll just say it's episode three sixteen. <laughs> yes, that every works episode for me. is uh, episode three sixteen. Um. Yeah, before we get into the fun stuff of this start that the Bruins and Rangers have both had to the regular season so far, like you said, Adam Johnson played for the Penguins, Minnesota boy. Um, this is where having Pierre Maguire would be helpful because he can list off every stop he's had along the way since college. Um, but yeah, so he's playing in England uh, and was... I'm sure people who listen to this podcast have probably seen at least the photos or the video. The one issue I have with the video is it stops at the 12 second mark. Every video that's been released stops at the 12 second mark. So there's no, basically it's when he gets held up by his teammate uh, in a neutral zone and then mm-hmm. the video stops. And it's not like I want to see the dude die. Like obviously like respect for him and his family. I just want to see up until a point, the medical team jumped in, like what were their first, the first five to 10 seconds of the medical team. What did they do? You know what I mean? Because uh, Clint Malarchuk credits the trainer for saving his life because of the instant uh, decisions that he made. So I was just curious to see if they just basically pressured a towel against his throat and then tried to bring him out of the arena. Um, but yeah, so the incident itself, I mean, we've talked about it. Chris Terrian certainly had an opinion on this on Twitter, uh, on X uh, recently. But I want to say the same thing that I told you. You and I have been playing hockey since we were, what, four? Four, yeah. Yeah, four years old. We played competitively through high school, and then we played semi-competitively in college. (laughs) Um, I have seen guys get cut. I have seen skates go into places and into teammates and opponents because of, you know, a slew foot or a freak accident or, you know, there's a scrum and a guy's down and people are, like, stepping around and stuff like that. I have never seen somebody get bumped on his right side and then that causes him to lose his balance to the point where he has to raise his left leg up chin level. And for those who haven't played hockey, it is so fucking difficult to get your foot that high when you're on the ice. Like, I'm, obviously, it's not impossible because you see, like, when guys get hip checked and they flip over, like, that's a different motion. It's almost 
impossible for your leg to go off that high when that leg wasn't impacted by anything. No, so, well, because he fucking kicked him. Yeah, that's why. So, so I'm coming at it from that point of view. Like when I first heard about the incident, um, and then I went and I found the video because I was like, "Oh, I wonder if he was." Because there have been times where like a guy falls forward and he lands on the skate of somebody who's just like moving, and the skate is just ice level. Like that's initially what I thought what happened. And then I saw the video and I was like, the dude fucking kicked him. Like, there's no reason. And again, it's all about the impact and then the motion and the follow through. If he was flipped or submarined or slew foot or something like that, your leg's a little bit more out of control. But he's basically not even hip checked. He's like hip brushed. He, he, he's picked he the, the yeah. forward just come in and picks them it does not make your feet even if he got hit in the head it would make his body go sideways and submarine not kick yes. upwards because at that speed like you said if you get hit in the head your body just the inertia keeps you going right mm-hmm. so for him to get bumped and the thing that does it for me and again everybody well, I'll get into it, what everybody else is saying. What does it for me is, as he gets bumped, Johnson cuts. He's going to walk the blue line, essentially. He's going to cut towards the slot and yep. either find a, a guy cutting across towards the crease or he's going to take a high slot wrist shot. As Johnson makes that cut, then that's when, I forget the guy's name, he angles his body, his hip, towards Johnson, and that's when his leg comes up. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's it's not like it was all one motion, and that's why it's a freak accident. He was brushed and picked. His he started turning his body, and then Johnson then Johnson made the cut, and that's when his his leg came up. So I don't know what his fucking intention was. Like even if he hit him in a chest, you're gonna. The guy's going to have to get 70 stitches across his abdomen because of your blade. So, like, I really don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Um, his intention was to put his leg out. I Like, listen, like a, I do not believe he like attempted. Like a knee to No, not even knee to knee. He was intentionally putting his leg out to make sure. I don't know if he was trying to make Johnson go offside there because they're coming across the blue line and he has to go out. Because I mean, or stop. How, like, in all my times of playing hockey, like, like even just when you're a kid, you know, then there's people sliding around by you and shit like that. Yeah. Like, I've never seen someone go foot out like that in an attempt to stop yeah. somebody. Never. 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 Ever. Ever. And. That's going back to not even just from us playing. Like, we've been fans the same amount of time. We've seen our fathers were fans, and we watched old clips of the games that they watched in the NHL growing up. And that's when there was bench clearing brawls and Millberries hitting people with fucking shoes in the stands. Have you, I have never, ever seen someone skate come up at that angle ever. Ever. Never. Nope. So, obviously, that turns into the rush to go, oh, my God, what an accident. And I will give a lot of people in the hockey world, 
leash here because when you hear a guy that you might have played with or even a guy who just the brotherhood of the National Hockey League, oh, he died because of a freak accident with a skate. Your initial reaction is, fuck, man, until you see the video. Yes. So Saturday when it originally had happened, uh, no video was released yet. I, I got an update on Instagram that said former NHLer Adam Johnson uh, critically injured. D- did not say he had passed away at that point. Yeah. Just said, uh, you know, skate to the neck. They had emptied out the arena. They canceled the game so he could receive medical treatment. Yep. That's the first update that I had got on Saturday over the whole thing. No video. And that's what, that's what you sent to me. And then that's when I looked and found a video. Yes. And then it was later that night that, you know, they said he had passed away and everything else. I mean, Gretzky opened up tonight on TNT. Um, Liam McHugh, you know, hey, Gretz, you know, I think this is important to talk about. You know, I text you the other night. You instantly text me back. And Gretzky's opening words about it were this so-called accident. Oh. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. He said this so-called accident? This so-called accident, yes. You know what? You know what? I got to give Grex some fucking credit here. National TV partner, national TV, and the social and political environment we've been under since, what, 2014, I feel like? hmm That's the guy who can get away with it. Because oh, hundred percent. Yep. So the fact that he realizes that, and it's probably spoken to old uh, teammates and guys around the league now that can't speak up and say so-called accident. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take some fucking spears for you guys here, and I'll speak up. Good for um, Gretz, man. Good for Gretz. This has also become front page news due to other reasons and white and black you know white and black and i will say this in the video uh, i believe uh, i might be wrong i believe the other guy's last name is Pettigrew. if i'm not if i'm i might not be yeah. right but i should have had this pulled up hold on he previously has and it was like his last four games he had gotten thrown out of the last two of them for abuse of officials, um, I, I guess in f- ten games he already has seventy something penalty minutes. Not a stranger to the penalty box. That that is not a white and a black thing. When this video comes out and at full speed and only for the twelve seconds of seeing the accident before you know they cut away, I do not know this man is black. I don't know this originally. On X, well, Twitter now, formerly known as Twitter, now X, some people brought this mainstream. And one person came through and he said, quote, if this was the other way around and you saw a white man kick a black man to his death on ice, Cities would be burned to the ground. I don't think he's wrong here. Yeah, I, I mean, think 
like it definitely wouldn't have been a good reaction. I don't know if it would have gone to the extreme of you know George Floyd riots, uh, just because it's hockey. Uh, uh, Matt Matt Petgrave. Matt Petgrave. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, everything you said, I agree with. And then, and like again, heat of the moment. This isn't my main point. It's just like one of those, you know, bullshitting around the. the it was it room. was Reed Spar on uh, X. Yeah, but like, this is us in the locker room, right? So, like, I'm not making any type of statement or saying what I'm saying here is correct. It's just the take one of the takeaways I got from the video. As soon as it happens, you see the bench in the lower part of the video jump up because they're at hip level when they're sitting on the bench. Because they can and, see. Yep. And they mm-hmm. see the skate go up. So they hop up immediately. And that's the opposing team. Everybody around him, including the other team, instantly started waving in every direction except for Petgrave. Petgrave just kind of floats in the op in the defensive zone watching everything happen. Like I'm not saying he sat there going good or like he didn't give a fuck. He might have been shocked or stunned or whatever. But like it's a I thought it was just a weird reaction to have. Like if I again putting myself in the shoes of my skate just cuts somebody in the throat, there's no way I'm just like kinda floating. So know exactly who he reminded me of when that happened. Sean Avery, after he had done something, got a rise of someone and just laid on his stomach on the ice. And <laughs> Avery would sit there and he would wait for someone to come over and give him an extra whack or something and scream at the, like, that's Where's literally what he did. Yeah. He he did it and he just laid on his stomach. He he uh, doesn't pop up. Yeah, maybe he thought up. the team would come after him. Uh, yeah, like just doesn't pop up to be like, holy shit, what just happened? just kind of laid there on his stomach and I'm like you you just fucking kicked a guy yeah yeah and I mean there are guys saying that there would be no way they would ever step on the ice with him on the other team ever again so like I saw that as well they said People in that own locker room are not going back out with this guy. What are they going to do with him? But the league is not going to ban him because that would be that would cause an issue too. And the reaction would be, paraphrasing here, oh, because he's black, like that type of shit. So the league is terrible. Like organizations and teams and leagues need well, to stop being terrified to make decisions for the safety of everyone else. Yes, but now this is where it stands, right? If this league suspends this player, there's malice and there's intent, right? I mean, Charlie McAvoy just got suspended four games for a hit to Oliver Ekman Larson. Mm-hmm. He deserved it. He came in, he hit this guy late directly in the head. Point of contact, that's in the rule book. If the EIHL suspends this man it now goes from what you call a freak accident to now there's intention and now a man was killed on the ice and now the police should be involved 
Well, the police announced today that they're conducting a full investigation and it might take a little bit of time because they want to speak to witnesses, so players on the ice, fans in the stands. They want to talk to experts, I'm assuming former players, and being like, I, like I what, saw we're, that. what we're saying right now. I'm being like, is this possible? Could this happen? Is it a freak thing? And like trying to learn about it because I'm sure most of the police in England aren't fucking former hockey players. I just don't get like, I saw that too, that they were going to interview anyone who was at the rink that day. Like, I don't even know what to say to that. So a fan in the stands Hey, Ben, sitting in section 321, row four, seat three, what did you see? Like, we're going to go through everyone in the goddamn arena? I don't know if it's going to be fans, but I think it's going to be players, coaching staff, uh, like uh, locker room staff, like those type of interviews. I because who, who knows what happens if he said something where when he thought he was alone and somebody overheard it. Like, I'm not saying that's what happened, but, like, that's why they're going to talk to everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't know if in between periods. And this is, but now, like, there's context, right? Hey, someone gives you a shot and, you know, end of the second period, you're going out to the third. You're going to say you're going to rip someone's my first, head off. Yep. That was my first question was, was there any interaction between them at any other point during a game or in their careers? Don't. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, that would be like. You know, Tom Wilson doing something and going, I it was just an accident. Dude, you're Tom Wilson. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not an accident when you're Tom Wilson. Yeah. So we'll see. And then all these leagues are, and the NHL is recommending players wear neck guards because of what happened. And I'll I'll screenshot you the, the tweet. Um. But one of the Rangers guys was talking. He had post-practice interview today with Flavio Led and a couple of the players. And he asked about, like, would you guys feel comfortable wearing a neck guard, like, just playing-wise? Like, would it make you feel restrained or anything else like that? And one of the unnamed Rangers' response said, why do I need a neck guard? He's not in my league. Probably not the good thing to say there. <laughs> like, I don't have to worry about playing against him, so no one's going to cut my neck. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I hope, and again, this should really be focused on a guy who had his life cut short for no reason whatsoever. And sometimes freak things happen. This wasn't a freak thing. I think both of us agree there. I'm curious to see if they haven't already how curfew and chicklets are going to address this and if they're going to tiptoe around it. Um, but, I mean, I also read something today. Johnson uh, was preparing to uh, propose to his girlfriend in the next couple of weeks. So, like, there's a whole life that gets lost, not only by him, but his family, his girlfriend, potential like decades-long marriage and kids and everything else, post-hockey playing career, all gone because someone has a lack of impulse control and thought that they were being slick and 
probably didn't, like you said, probably didn't think that their blade was going to cut the guy's throat, but I probably thought he was going to get a, like a fucking leg clothesline done. Oh, oh he, you were shooting for something. Yeah. I've, I've never seen legs shoot out like that. So I hope he never plays another game in his fucking life. And I hope to please do speak to people who aren't afraid to speak up about how unlikely it was for the exact circumstance to have happened that led to it. If it was an accident, basically like, and something comes of it because we saw a guy get murdered on the ice yeah. by skate blade. Yeah. I, so, I agree a hundred percent. Now that we lost any hopes of future sponsors, um, we can start moving into, you know, less serious. Everything is less serious after talking about something like that. Um, but some news from around the league, and then we can talk about our Bruins and Rangers. Um, three things I wanted to bring up. So Nick Backstrom uh, stepping away from the Capitals. He's basically going to call it quits uh, mm-hmm. because his, his hip recovery isn't recovering. Um, so one for Backstrom, like hell of a career, dude. Like I, I would probably say one of the best pure playmakers at the center position since Adam Oates. Like I think one of right up there, um, for the Capitals, I don't think it impacts much outside of they get that contract off the cap. Uh, they weren't. It's not like they were going anywhere, and he was expected to be their one C. But the one thing, and I'll selfishly bring it back to the Rangers, this is another example of how unlikely it is that Patrick Kane would be an impact player if he makes it back. And two, why the Rangers shouldn't waste time and resources waiting for Kane to get cleared. Because... The only guy that ever came back and played after having this procedure done was Ed Jovanowski, and he played 37 games and then had to call it quits. I was going to say, Ed Jovo didn't last too long after it. Yeah, and he played poorly upon returning. So all the Ranger fans that are like, well, we can just sign Kane for the league minimum, and then we have Kane. He's not Patrick Kane anymore. As much as that sucks... He's not Patrick Kane, and that's if he even comes back. I don't think he'll be able to make it back. I don't think he'll get cleared. And if he does get cleared and he does come back somehow, he's not going to be very effective. So right there should hopefully eliminate any hope of Patrick Kane coming to the Rangers' rescue as a right winger in their top six uh, this year. I will say, I think... No matter what, he will always be a part of the all-hands team. Like, yeah. even if he came back, I think he could still run a half-wall power play and not have to move. But, <laughs> I, I yeah, mean, I think if you, uh, if movement. If he's comfortable getting one shift a period and then only playing power play time, then maybe you find a spot for him somewhere. <laughs> I Yeah, I don't know. Uh, someone said he was only interested in certain teams. I think they said it came down to, like, Florida... Um, Colorado, and I think there was one or two others. The Rangers are there. Rangers and yeah. then somebody else. And maybe it was Buffalo. They said he wanted to stay home or something. Yeah, I don't I don't see him. If he does come back, 
if the team's relying on him in order to make a run, they're going to be a little disappointed. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, Paul Stastny retires after 17 years. Uh, another guy, hell of a run. He was a second-round pick, right? I think 45th overall. Um, over 1,100 games. Uh, always a a leader in the locker room and a one of the best two-way centers of the aughts. Um, so congrats on a good career there. Um, yeah, but he left quietly. Like he played always unnoticed, always underappreciated. And then just kind of rides off into the sunset without saying much of anything. <laughs> well, they, they interviewed him at the end and they were asking about it. And he goes, no, I went out the way I wanted to. He was like, we knew, just before the season, people weren't really calling and all that. He's like, you know, my body wasn't reacting too well. And, you know, we, we just thought it was a good time to go and call it quits. And no, I, like you said, he did it for a long time. But yep. more importantly, he got it done for a long time. Extremely effective mm-hmm. player. Um, I always love watching him play. It's kind of sad, you know, seeing guys, not that we grew up with, but guys that were like, our second wind of hockey generation, like the Taves and the Bergerons and uh, the Stastings, like those guys from our late high school into college years that came into, broke into the league around that time. Now they're hanging it up too, like Lundquist and everything. Like, you know, you're getting old when your second generation of guys are also hanging it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other big news, at least from my point of view, up in Ottawa, uh, Pierre Dorian, relieved of his duties as GM of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Steve Steos, former longtime NHL defenseman, mostly with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, is promoted to interim GM. Uh, I think he's going to be a candidate to be full-time, but we'll see. But Dorian's gone. You know, last year was the big expectation after a good on-paper offseason that didn't materialize. And then... Everybody was expecting that to happen again this year. Um, not really starting off that way again. Uh, basically tied for last place. And again, it's early. And I think that's why they made that move now. Uh, DJ Smith, he's toast. Like End of the year, gonna, yeah. I think he's going to get fired like before Christmas. Ooh, like, I don't think he makes okay. it to the end of the year. But... The last couple of weeks haven't been too good for Dorian's leadership. You had the Shane Pinto suspension uh, for gambling, and they lose. Can, their can first we touch round on pick. that for one sec? What a <laughs> league where you get suspended <laughs> for gambling on sports, but across your helmet for an advertisement, it's you're sponsored by like sports bet up in Canada. Like, what a league. Well, the thing is, the fact that he didn't appeal and a players association didn't appeal tells me he really fucked up. This wasn't like him going on DraftKings and betting on, you know, the Bucks versus the Raiders. He was doing something that was very clearly outlawed in the uh, player conduct that the league hands out. So I don't know what he did, but... 41 game suspension for it. You really fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah, so you did good. Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> and then the uh, Senators also lose a first round pick 
in one of the next three drafts, um, they get to choose which year. So I'm assuming that they're going to try and gauge which one's going to be the lowest, and they'll go with that one. But they have to give it up because of the Dadanoff uh, deal to the Golden Knights, which um, that whole mess with the trade was invalidated because of the 10-team no-trade list that Ottawa didn't keep on record, <laughs> and then he sent them to the team that was on, like, that whole fucking fiasco. So not not a good look. And then also having a new owner in there who basically has been there for a month. And at the end of the month, he probably had a 30-day probation period. And he's like, yep, this guy's going. Uh, and I'm sure DJ Smith's not far behind. I will say, uh, as for the run that he had, I think Dorian did a good job there. I mean, for what he originally walked into and dealing Carlson away, coming back with all the draft capital that he did, um, the players that he brought in there, uh, players that they drafted, and, I mean, players they have now developed, I thought he had a good run. Obviously, I think this Dadanoff thing was definitely the nail in the coffin per se. Cause I mean, not only is it front page news that you, you fucked up royally, but then, you know, you affect your team by losing a first round pick. And then you go the next step. Like you said, I mean, performance wise, you know, they haven't been the best of performers, but on the other end, I mean, at what point does that get to the players? And I mean it in the sense of like, on paper, Ottawa's a pretty good team. So I, I just don't know if it, you or he should have to wear the egg on his face for that, but neither here nor yeah, there. It's a little bit of the, him and then a lot of DJ Smith. And not saying Smith is a terrible coach. A lot of guys, their first go at it isn't too successful. And then they kind of get their footing in their next opportunity. So maybe that's what's going to happen to Smith. But yeah, I wasn't, yeah. I was surprised that DJ Smith, I think we picked our first coach to be fired and I picked him. So trending in the right direction for your boy here. <laughs> yeah. Currently uh, eight games in four and four. So they are 500 with a plus six goal differential. Yeah. And everybody's off season darling, the Buffalo Sabres, not really with a great start. Um, but yeah, anything else that you want to talk about before we get into our boys? I'm trying to think around the league. I mean, no, I mean, we can touch on fall from graces and things like that next week, give another week in. I mean, okay. you, you were talking about coaches that were going to be fired and DJ Smith. I, I saw a rumor the other day, and yet again, you don't know what's true and what's not, but after the start that Pittsburgh has had, it seemed as if Mike Sullivan was in the hot seat, but I think that would be an even bigger, I think that'd be an even bigger mistake for that franchise. Yeah. And I mean, you got to give him, he's earned a right to turn a ship around. Now, if you're still in last place and it's, you know, you're uh, digesting in the Thanksgiving leftovers and it's like the first week of December, then you might start having some serious conversations. Oh, no, no. Believe me, I agree. I, I just think it's way too early in the season for them to be thinking that. But on the other end, I mean, if they thought just because they brought in Carlson that this was the saving grace and everything, like 
they're out of their fucking mind. Like, not even close. Uh, yeah, I think they were banking on Carlson and then health from Malkin and Crosby and seeing, you know, banking on that magic with them and Sullivan. So we'll see. Um, and then the other start, oof, San Jose. Oh, eight one. Good. One point. Uh, a minus 26 goal differential. Nine games into the season. <laughs> I mean, um, it, right ahead of them in that same Pacific division. I mean, we have your boys, the Calgary Flames, two, six, oh, and one, boy. negative 15 goal differential. So I know I picked, uh, I picked them to surprise some people, and I had Huska winning coach of the year because they're kind of like Winnipeg for me. It's like they just, they have to be good. Like, they, look at, they look at the roster. And the Rangers, they just won 5-0. and This is a good segue, I guess, to go into the Ranger talk. But they just won 5-0 and on a road trip for the first time in franchise history. Um, and they play Calgary. And Calgary looks so fucking bad. Like, Markstrom looks good. I think Markstrom is going to have a nice little trade market. But very... I mean, this is a pretty big indictment on the players and the coaches. Like, they didn't give a fuck. Like, they were just skating through, dude. Like, just kind of riding out the time until the buzzer sounded. And I was like, guys, this is like the third game of the season. What the fuck is going on? And they had a little bit of push in the second period. But outside of that, like, a cakewalk for the Rangers. Um, well, you sent me... um. It was the thing with Noah Hannafin, I believe, where, it, like you said, we're nine games into the year, and the players have already halted contract extensions with the team because they don't want to be there. Well, what did I tell – when we did our season preview, I said um, one of the teams that is imperative they get off to a good start is Calgary because of the way last year happened. If they get off to a very slow start – it, they're not going to wait until Thanksgiving to start trading guys. They're going to start moving guys out immediately. And yeah, it looks quick. like we're already at that point. Yeah. No, so, November 1. <laughs> a nice 10-game cameo to prove your worth. Yeah. Um, shit. Even Edmonton, dude. They're right there with them. Five points in eight games. I mean, no McDavid's been out. But the Rangers played them, too. And, yeah. I mean... Again, it's early on. You catch good teams at bad times throughout the course of an 82-game regular season. I think Edmonton has more of the ability to pull it out than Calgary does to get their season started here. But if this is if this is Edmonton without McDavid, my two takeaways are then he should just be winning an MVP every fucking year. And two, not a good look on Lean and Drysidle that, you know, can't carry the team when it's just your show. No, I, I saw that the other day. He big fella is not off to a good start. So um, but yeah, so segueing into Ranger talk. So again, proven absolutely correct in my analysis when I said that they would get off to a very slow start. Instead they go seven and two in their first nine, five and all on a road trip. Plus ten gold differential. Immediate. I don't know if you've seen any of the games so far with the Rangers, but 
immediate, even a casual fan would be able to spot the difference between the structure from last year and the structure with this year. Night and day. It's like, it's almost as if Gallant told them, hey guys, go out there and have some fun and let's try to win some games. Oh good, so he was that, coaching peewees. But that's how structured LaViolette is, where obviously Gallant had a system, but LaViolette's system is so structured that it's night and day. And they're suppressing, I think they're the best team in the league right now at shot suppression and limiting high quality scoring chances. Uh, I mean, for the most part, they're playing a one-three-one, which I know a lot of people might not like, but fuck it, I'm trying to win a Stanley Cup here. Um, their defensive game has been fantastic. Like, you know, the offense is going to be there, and that was my question: like, how are the guys going to react to playing in this type of system? Like Panarin and Mika and that, those type of guys, and Fox playing into a defensive system. They're not missing a beat, dude. And the defense is there. So, again, early on, the Rangers are going to lose five in a row, just like they just won five in a row. So, we'll see where we are, you know, towards the end of this month to really get a full view of if this is just a hot start or if this is kind of what we got going on here. But very positive signs. Fox is leading the league and scoring among defensemen. Igor is back to being Igor. Uh, Panarin has points in all nine games. Uh, I think he has like five goals and eight assists in nine games. Lafreniere is pulling a Chris Kreider. He has five, four or five goals and no assists. (laughs) I was going to say, they're all power play. Well, Kreider, dude, I I think he has five goals this year, six goals and five are deflections on a power play. (laughs) Like dude just has a second win to his career with that power play. (laughs) Just stay hot right there. Yep, and Lafreniere apparently spent the offseason with Kreider working on the hand-eye coordination and how to position yourself in front on a power play for deflections. So if it keeps working out this way, you'll have Kreider PP1 and then Lafreniere PP2 in front of the negative deflections. So um, Lafreniere's had a solid start. Uh, Not on a score sheet, but Kaku's been a fucking monster, dude. Like... He had Zadorov hanging all over him, and Zadorov couldn't get around to get the puck, like along the boards. He was just physically imposing his will on the forecheck and on the boards. And I think that's going to, over the course of a long season of playoff run, that's going to wear defensemen down, and it's going to open things up for Mika and Kreider. Um, but outside of that, I mean, players are going on a record now. Like Trocek said, um, yeah, it's so much better than last year in terms of the coaching. And I'm like, oof, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's one way to say it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, overall, good start. The one thing I will say is they're still slow. So, like, when they played Winnipeg, uh, it was pretty clear they had some issues with guys like Kyle Connor and Ehlers with their speed. So, it's going to be interesting when we start playing guys – uh, the Devils and team and Carolina, which we played tomorrow night. How do we stack up there um, in terms of being able to keep up? Uh, Wheeler had a very bad start, dude. Like, I think the first seven games, he looked toast. And they were talking about, is he going to get a healthy scratch? 
uh, just to get himself a breather. And the last two games, it's only two games, but, you know, he is first time playing in, on a new team, new city in like 10, 15 years or something like that. New, new coaching staff, new system. So maybe it took him some time, but he's slowly starting to come around. He's still slow as fuck. Like, I think I've taken shits quicker than he skates. Um, and that's one of my concerns. The other new addition that I don't want to call out, Nick Benino, dude. Again, still slow as fuck. But this guy will probably throw his face in front of a slap shot if it means it stops a goal. Like, this guy's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And, like, I think he has 37 blocks already. Which, Dude, Benito again, done it for a long time like that. Yeah. And, again, a lot of that's on a PK, which is great. Because I'm like, it's not always great to be leading the league and block shots because that means you don't have the puck. Um, and, like, just, they did a whole interview with him about how do you block so many shots and not get hurt? And he's like, dumb luck. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a good start to the year. Guys are healthy. Uh, VC's already reclaimed his spot on the fourth line from uh, Tyler Pitlick uh, again. So we'll see what happens. I still think the Rangers are going to make a move for a top nine winger uh, before the deadline and push someone down to the fourth line. But other than that, if everybody stays healthy, relatively healthy, uh, Rangers are going to be right there in it. So very promising start, especially when you're learning a new system and with a more hard ass of a coach than you've had. Good. So so Lavi's already paying dividends. Yeah, apparently all they needed was a head coach who had a structure and a system and then implemented it. <laughs> yeah, so, and the other thing too, Lavi ain't going to take shit from anybody, dude. He's been that way forever. I love that man. Yeah, really quick. Uh, after every practice, the Rangers do like this group hug huddle type deal like among the players and one of the Ranger B guys, Vince uh, McCurgliano asked Laviolette, like, so what started the tradition of having a hug at the end of the practice? And Laviolette just shot him looking and goes, I'd call it more of a huddle than a hug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he wasn't joking. He was just like, Who, why the fuck you calling it a hug? Piece of shit. <laughs> so yeah, he's not taking much shit. Um, We'll see, you know, like I said, nine games in, but, you know, maybe, maybe the players were right when they said, we don't need to change the guys in the room. We just need to change the coach. Sometimes it'd be like that, they say. Yeah. And the Bruins, hey, Bruins and Rangers, second and third best teams in the league at the start of the year. Um, Is that good? Yep. You're first. No, you're second, I think, in goal differential. We're third in goal differential. So, you know, as long as I see this golden B and the red, white, and blue in number one in both divisions, I think we're happy. We're doing pretty good. Yeah. No, um, came out very hot start. Um, I mean, the goaltending picked up exactly where it left off last year. I mean, they, they both look very well in there. Um defensively I think we look okay um I'm just very impressed with the younger guys on this team just from now seeing it play out um 
I'm just very excited of the beginning of transition where we bring in Patra, we bring in Beecher, and it's not just that, okay, cool, we have them on the team. No, like, Beecher and Patra being first-year NHL players, they're taking face-offs at very important times in the game. They're both on the penalty kill. Patra's playing the second-line power play, like, playing crucial minutes here, not just they're playing. And as a guy who always likes to look for certain things and intangibles and looking for the future, I mean, I think that's a huge just step one. Like, there's, there's a stepping stone right there for both of them, just going from this year to next year in team wise earn it earn it um patra has played 10 nhl games he is staying here for the year thank god the bruins did did something right with this like just (laughs) um no so so very happy with that uh someone you talked about in the preseason brad marshan picking up exactly where he left off and a little bit more um david pasternak i mean i'm pretty sure he has a goal a game he's just lighting it up every which way i think Um, my favorite part of the start that you guys had is marshan's obsession with Connor bedard oh i was gonna say it's pretty funny the uh the (laughs) just funny i I was gonna say it was interesting too hearing um Corey Perry actually give Marshy a compliment. I mean, two guys that are relatively <laughs> kind of the same person. That would made me laugh. Just like, hey, you know, looks good on you. That that was, that made me smile a little bit. So, but no, um, overall, good start. I, I like that we're winning close games. Like the Florida game yesterday, we had an awful first period. I'm sorry, not yesterday, Monday night. We had an awful first period. We looked like shit. Florida gave it to us. And then battled our way back, come back, win in overtime. Like, I think, it, don't get me wrong, it, it, it's two points in October. But they all add up. And I think that games like that where shit's not working or you had a late start, but now you're able to come back, grind it out, win a game against a good team and win it the right way, and a team that's had your number, like, I think that's the stuff that kind of you can build on throughout the season. Like, like I think that's a huge part of it. So excited. So it, was the opposite, it was the opposite of last year's playoff matchup. Yes. Yes. <laughs> very much so. So yeah. Let's, Does Allmark uh, look good? Uh, I know your concern heading into the season was his lateral movement, but with the numbers he's putting up again to start the year, is that concern kind of out the window now? No, I still think you look slow. I, okay. I do. I, I do. And I know everybody and their mother is going to tell me that I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, I think there's definitely cause for concern there. I think he's, listen, he's doing a job and he's doing it well. Yes. But I also think that if at any point, someone is going to be removed from this team before, you know, you other people realize there's an issue. That's the guy. So okay. I, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I mean, I, I can, oh man, I can already hear it. 
They haven't lost a game without him. Bo, they lost in overtime. Yeah, did you see where Mason McTavish beat him? Right where he was going to put his glove. Like, Mason McTavish buried a goal right where Omar's glove should have been. Wasn't there. Beat him right to it. And it's just like... Talk about looks... a guy, by the way, starting off the year, really coming into his own. McTavish is having a great start. Yes. Um... Yeah, I'm just, I don't want to say I'm surprised because I'm not surprised, but it's just. Uh... Well, besides that, how about a hat tip to Charlie McAvoy for one of the dumbest suspensions I've seen in the last two or three years. Yeah. Dude, like it's late. The puck's already gone. And the referee's looking right at it. it. Yeah, and I mean, like. It's one thing if you want to get an extra shot on a certain person. Like, hey, I know sometimes you're like, I got this guy's number. But, like, Ekman Larson? Ekman Larson hasn't hit anybody in the 12 years he's been in the league. <laughs> like, it, it was just like you watch it happen because it was kind of like the way they, like, it wasn't even in camera view because the puck was already gone. <laughs> and they're like, you know, oh, and we got a guy down here. Oh, Ekman Larson's down. And, then they're like, oh, you know, Kachuk's hot with uh, McAvoy right now. And you're kind of like, did I miss something? Like, what did I miss? And then you go back and you're like, ugh. Well. That, re- that reminds me of uh, Pat Maroon when he played in Out West. He used to call Ekman Larson uh, Lady Larson. <laughs> Lady Larson, I love it. Yeah, he's like, Lady Larson, he's like the nicest guy in the fucking league. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So, good start for both of our groups. Um, we'll see how it goes, um, at least to start the year, because I think it's important not to record. And again, this isn't being lazy on our part. We've just learned our lesson from the time that we've been doing this podcast that early on, I would say like the first 25 games of the year, You shouldn't have done more than two episodes because then you're just finding things to talk about and there's not enough of a trend either with the eye test or data to like make educated opinions. And and you're just saying shit to say shit, which is what I think part of the problem is with like what you had to deal with up in Boston with uh, EEI and fucking Felgram ass. He just got to fill up the time no matter what. So they're going to say some stupid shit. Yeah, they're going to be there every day. (laughs) Yep. So I think for us, like, we're about nine, ten games in each. I think, to be honest, I wouldn't record again until most of the league hits 23 to 25. Yeah, it just gives you – there will be movement, whether it's good or bad, in these next 10 to 12 games. That's going to happen. 10 to 12 games, it'll probably put us right at the beginning of December, right around there. And I'm going to guess by then there will be two coaching changes in the NHL. And we will see where we end up. Yeah, I mean, obviously if something major happens, like, you know, a major fire sale in Calgary happens, like we're, we're going to hop on and talk about the trades and the impact. But we won't be also adding in you know, Anaheim's won two in a row. <laughs> yeah, they, they look good in that last one, Jim. Back to you. <laughs> um, 
So that's where I'm at. Um, and then, again, obviously, like, we'll hop on and record if, you know, somebody else gets murdered on the ice. Um, and we'll talk about that. But since that's never happened in 105 years of professional hockey history until now, I don't think it's going to happen between now and early December. I pray it doesn't, my friend. Yeah. So, to end it, I think it's time we bring back Lock of the Week, my friend. You want to bring it back, my friend? Bringing it back. Um, I paid off one of the two bets I owe. The second one, it, I, it doesn't matter how long it's going to take. <laughs> at all. I'm basically saying, like, the next time I'm back on the East Coast, it could be this season, next season, whatever, my the bet still stands. Rangers, Bruins, I'm getting us very nice seats. And we're going to have a weekend in, the, in New York or in Boston. Your choice, which city we go to the game in. I am okay with either or, my friend. You know that. Okay. So I haven't forgotten that, but I think we should start this season our locks of the week and do something there. We don't need to come up with a wager right now, but uh, I think we should start off our our records this week. What do you d- think? D- just with one to go with? Well, I'll give you a game of the week before I give you okay. a lock. I got a Saturday night, November 4th. I got Colorado at Vegas. I think that's mm. going to be a good one. Okay, so game of the week for me. I'm going to go same night at Mullet Arena. Winnipeg versus Arizona. Arizona have a nice little start. Their young guns really playing well. The Rangers saw them. Uh, they look pretty good. And Winnipeg having a solid start to the year, too. Although Shifley, my God, dude. I know he was always not very well known as a defensive forward, but the guy is just basically hanging out at the center ice red line. <laughs> just going through. Okay. Yeah. So he got his deal. It's like, all right, well, I'll just – do me. <laughs> um, but who's your lock of the week? So I'm going to push this out, and I don't want it to be a layup, right? Like, like it's first yeah. one of the year. I want it to be a good one. My lock of the week in a very tight Atlantic division. Okay. Florida had a good first period against us the other day, and then we kind of battled back and won, took a game from them. Florida's playing at Detroit tomorrow night, November 2nd. And I think Florida's going to go in there with a little bit of redemption, trying to get a W back before they end this road trip. So I'm going to go Florida over Detroit. Okay. Now I have the same mindset. I'm going to go a little bit further with the uh, not picking the layup. All right. I'm going to go Sunday, November 5th. Blackhawks over the Devils. Our our boys in Chicago, I'm sorry, our boys in Jersey have been struggling. And even more, like, personally offended on my end, eight games, Dawson Mercer, no points. He's just saving, you know, he's saving his time for, for the playoffs. But, you know, Dawson's in a little bit of a creek right now. Yeah, he's somewhere. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping... Someone gets that reference when they listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then uh, ESPN Plus tomorrow night for the Bruins Maple Leafs game. If anyone's wondering. Yeah, I love. I first of all, I you know what I I will end my portion of this episode by giving props to the NHL digital team because they did an off-season revamp of the website and the website is laid out nicer but two of the things that are really impactful is now when you go into a game center like right now I just pulled up Dallas versus Calgary right you can watch the goals you now you click on a play button and instead of it bringing you to a different page to watch that one highlight and then you would have to hit back to go back to the game center and scroll back down again. It just opens up a a video player right there that you can watch the play. And then when it's over, you tap anywhere and you go, you're in the same spot on the page. Um, And also they tell you how many minutes are left in the intermission. Could we also say too, um, that goal frenzy that Butcher Grass did and ESPN did last week, best thing they've ever done for hockey. It, incredible. Hats off to them on that one. And I know I get a little angry with the, uh, what, what do they call themselves, the leader in sports as to their coverage of hockey. That was one of the best things I've ever seen. Every power play, every goal, they had it going straight through. Like, this is something, though, yet again they need to build off of because now I want to see and like, yes, you're not going to compete with the NFL, but on a Saturday when once is college football's done, why are you not having every game, every team on ESPN all day on a Saturday? Like it's just one of those things where, they need to do this correctly to build the brand and push the brand out more. I just don't know if they will or won't, but I, I thought it was great. I thought Butchie and Weeksy did a great job on it. Well, I will say this about that. I'm as connected, like plugged in, not connected, plugged into the league as any other hardcore fan. And I didn't know that that was happening. I mean, I don't have cables. I don't have ESPN to watch during the day where they might have shown commercials and things like that. But I didn't know that night was the night it was happening until halfway through. I saw nothing about it on NHL.com. I saw nothing about it on Instagram. Nothing. Until about 9 p.m. my time. And then I saw on Twitter... Randomly, like, uh, hashtag NHL Red Zone. And I was like, oh, it's gone. And then I was like, oh, yeah, shit, they're doing that thing. That's yeah. how poorly marketed it was. I knew about it just because I follow Butcher Grass. And Butcher Grass was talking about it for days. Okay. Yeah, I had no clue it was that night. So, like, even for someone like me, I had no fucking clue. Anyway, so I agree. If it worked out well, might as well keep doing it. They should have it. I mean, obviously, it's difficult to have every team play on the same day like they did. But if they can get, like, 16 teams playing on a Saturday or whatever once a month throughout the season. Yeah. That way, it's not everybody. It's half the league plays one night. And you have 
that type of broadcast done again. And that's made for social media. It's made for X and TikTok and everything else, short clips. So maybe that'll help things out. All right, I got a question for you. The Mighty no, Ducks. No, well, I mean, like I said, 3.65 is technically 3.7 <laughs> when you round up. But um, Mighty Ducks movies. So yeah. Cam needs a new practice jersey for hockey. I, I go in his bag. I don't know where the hell is practice jersey. It's all game jerseys. And I'm like, okay. I, I really don't like wearing the game jerseys at practice. I've always been that way. It's just not one oh, of those yeah. things. It's, it's a men- mentality thing. You put the game jersey on, it's fucking game time. Yeah, just, I don't know. I've always been that way. But pull up Amazon, and I'm just like, hockey practice jerseys. And boom, they start firing stuff off. And, you know, obviously things are coming over from China. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, prices aren't bad for just a normal jersey. But I come across these uh, Mighty Ducks jerseys. Now, if you had your choice of jerseys, they had some good ones. So from the movie, which jersey would you get? There was the USA Charlie Conroy jersey. Which I thought I was like I'd never actually say I was like that's actually kind of nice the USA one. There's the Mighty Duck one of the NHL team Mighty Ducks Conway and Banks. There is the Conway and Banks original Green Ducks. They had a, a Bombay Duck one. They also had which I thought was good a Minnesota Waves Bombay jersey. Oh, that's nice. Like, yeah, so I'm like, I don't know where to go here. You know, I would go with the Bombay Ducks, if that's available. The one with, like, the, I call it the Jamaican Duck. Because he's, like, purple, yellow, orange. Yes. And he's skating. They, they have that one. They have Bombay, Conway, and Banks available in that one. Yeah, I, don't, I hated Con, Conway. I hated him, dude. When I was a kid. So Charlie. I would go with, uh, yeah, I would go with Bombay on that one. See, I, I saw that Hendrix one. I remember uh, D2. And I was like, that looks pretty fucking nice, dude. But I showed yeah, it to Cam. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up now. Let's see if it's even an option. Yes. You need to get the fucking Gunnar Stahl jersey, dude, from Team Iceland. Oh, let me see if they have that on there. I had that that I would wear when I was in, like, fourth through sixth grade, and I would wear that, like, one Friday a month, and I was, like, my uh, – with my quote-unquote teammates, like, the Black Friday is what we used to call it. Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> We saw you out with her. <laughs> yeah. Boys, you're not old enough to understand. You you would do anything to get that ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, as I say, Greenland's really icy and Iceland's really green. I yeah. remember that. Just don't get him a Goldberg jersey. We don't want to end up a uh, crackhead. No, we don't want to end up like Lorenzo. Yeah. yeah. Now, any shout outs this week? Uh, you know, I think the last time we recorded, you had a shout out for Emma's birthday. 
or maybe it was the one before that. So I, I guess it's only appropriate that I give a birthday shout out to my daughter. <laughs> um, the coaster turned three years old. She's a Halloween pup. So yesterday was her third birthday. And again, I know it, it's a completely different world. But if I feel this way about her turning three, I can't imagine what you and Retta feel about your kids getting older. So, <laughs> like, I, I kept telling Kobe, say, how about you stay three for a long time? <laughs> well, well, I mean, th- this is coming, you know, I, I texted you earlier. I was like, hey, I need, I need an extra 10 minutes. I mean, Cam asked, Cam asked me to snuggle, which does not happen very often. Yeah. And it's like, it's just one of those ones where it's like, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know when I'm going to get an, another one of those options. So I was like, this could be the last one he asked me. I'm going to have to uh, jump on board here and snuggle him for a couple minutes. Dude, Just... I was going to respond and go, don't use the parent guilt on me. If you need to take a shit, take a shit. <laughs> no, it was just like, just weird hearing it from him, you know? So it's yeah. just, I don't well, know. Yeah. Well, if it's even 5%, close or one percent close to what you and Rudder go through when you have you know emma taking class photos and she's like gonna be in third grade then fourth grade and fifth grade oh actually like, I'll, I'll have to send you uh she had, we actually just got her class pictures in so i have to send you one okay those. yeah uh red does a good job of posting her portrait photos of her and her uh, cheer outfits Listen, if there's one thing she will do, it, it is post chair photos and all that. Yes. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about the makeup, man? The makeup on what? With on, her? On M. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I I will say. I mean, she, <laughs> she's cute. Like she she's cute. She's fresh as shit, but she's cute. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my shout out this week. Um. You know, it's officially November. Uh, I it would. It's been about thirty degrees here in Tulsa for five days now. Uh, we had about a three-week gap in time between when it was high nineties and now when it's thirty degrees during the day. So I'm finding out that Oklahoma is a temperamental bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but holidays coming up, man. Thanksgiving in a couple weeks, and then it's basically riding out. The rest of the year until Christmas and New Year's, and then it's 2024. 14 years since we graduated. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh, are, are plans for Thanksgiving, or have we not got there yet? Are you just staying down in Tulsa, or what? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be staying in and around Tulsa for the holidays. Um, it just depends on if I'm staying directly in Tulsa. Uh, or going outside because the holidays is a nice time to, uh, you know, get in the car and put Cobes in the back seat and be like, all right, we're going to drive two hours um, to this random small ass town in bumpfuck Kansas or Arkansas and go have a good time. I mean, we will be in Dallas the week of Thanksgiving for the Rangers being in Dallas. So that's one thing. Oh, so a little, little trip. Yeah. Uh, go to the uh, Grassy Knoll, check that out, stand on the X where, you know, 
the U.S. Empire ended. <laughs> um, but yeah, how about you? Uh, Thanksgiving is usually we're just at the house. We we don't do anything. We we try to be as low key as possible, and, and we go from there. You gonna fry a turkey again? Um, debating on it. I'm hoping we can. Um, okay. We'll see. I always week of. I always got to make my mind up, and that's what I always do. I'm like ah, yeah, no, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So you know, and I. I, just to end it, for me, again, I know I called out Biz Nasty almost two months ago now for his hot take on Arrangers. Um, I should send you a screenshot. I've been basically messaging their Instagram once a week, every week since then with the bet challenge. <laughs> Trying to get it going. But, you know, another person that's never responded to my challenge, you know, Big Kev. Coming out pretty soft here, you know. I think back in June, said uh, a couple choice comments to him on the pod and haven't heard anything. So I think all talk, no bite. You know, I just <laughs> wouldn't. That's one of those bears I wouldn't want to poke. Not, I love you, Big Kev. <laughs> not, not on my list of things to do, I'll tell you that. I remember. Uh, when he came to a couple of the games that we played at Hockey Town, and <laughs> he was he was shit talking, not even people we were playing. It was the group that had the rink after us, and they were getting their gear on. And your dad was just like talking shit about their gear and their setup. Like, what are you guys fucking amateurs? Look at this shit. Like, My son had better gear when he was in middle school. <laughs> just like shit talking these dudes. Just trying to have a good time on a Saturday. <laughs> and they're all like looking over, like. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, all right, sounds good. Sounds good to me, my friend. Can we can we do it again soon? Let's do it again soon. Let's hit that quarter century mark for the season and uh, take it from there. I like it. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Oh